going on a podcast recording adventure. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite kind. Yeah, okay. So, look, I mean, geez, we're we're good. We're golden. We're feeling great. We're 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 fresh and funky. We're fucking ready. Delicious. Yeah. Uh, I also unrelated but realized that sometime later this year we are going to end up having episode 420. Well, I'll be properly medicated for that. Yeah. Well, you know. Who can say, really? Why? Well, there we go. I, I, uh... Ibuprofen, baby. Ibuprofen. Yeah. That's what all the cool kids are reaching for these days. Straight up. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a smoking man anymore for lung reasons, but, uh... I have found, uh... I found some alternative medicines that work really good for headaches, it turns out. <laughs> right. For headaches. Yeah, actually. Tried a lot of stuff, did not work, but that. Ha 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 ha! Oh man! <laughs> it's like a fucking. It's like a sandblaster. It's just like. And who doesn't want to sandblast their brain? You know what I'm saying? I do. I do know what you're saying. I have a very, very good idea what you're saying. Uh, Rhett, did you play any games? So I can uh, add them to this little, this little doc here. He said, dead. he said, he said, oh shit. Oh my God. He, <laughs> he couldn't handle it. Could not handle the pressure. He did say that the, his network was having issues, which is a problem. That's a big old podcast problem. Yeah, just, you know, means you got to do a little more of the old editing. Fuck. Hey, this is going really well. <laughs> I'm gonna try and battle. If I drop out, continue on without me. We will we will soldier onward. Yep. I will get back in here as soon as possible. God. God. Unbelievable. Uh did you play any games, Rhett? Man, nothing that you guys are gonna want to talk about. It's just been old shit. Checked out Horizon on you know, PS5, uh, what, God of War, which is incredible. A um, little bit of Red Dead, you know, just old shit. Red Dead runs exactly the same on a PS5. No, it's definitely better. It's definitely better. Is it? It loads okay. way faster. Well, sure. Faster. Oh, the loading should. times. As it should. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not much of a feat, considering it was like eight to ten minutes before. <laughs> it wasn't man. It was ninety seconds. Ninety seconds to get in there. Not on my, not on my PS4, buddy. I <laughs> never experienced a load time less than five minutes in that game. It was incredible. 
Yeah, but you were having all kinds of problems with that game that I'd never heard of. Well, you got I think a point. Your disc, your disc was scratched. But I bought the disc insurance. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So that means it can't get scratched, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Press X the Podcast. It's the uh, podcast from your friends at Cog Connected. And today we've got uh, my good buddies, James and Rhett, alongside myself, Paul. Welcome. Welcome to the show. This is episode 4.8, the eighth episode, the eighth adventure some might say, in the, the so-called face season. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. James is lacking a strange amount of callers. I've come to expect more out of you. I There's a slight caller deficiency. I only have the one. It's not even popped. I feel like such a fool, but here we are. Uh, <clears throat> I, I just... Uh, Sometimes you gotta you gotta knuckle down and get to the work, which I couldn't do for like two hours this morning. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Presumably because you were looking for more callers at that point, and it was entirely unsuccessful. I turned over every rock, every tree, every uh, oh, no. every shelf. These are all sound like things that are in my uh, condo. Sure. <laughs> You know, I kind of wouldn't be surprised if you had just a casual rock garden in your place. That wouldn't mm. surprise me about you. Yeah, no. Yeah. I uh, I don't have a rock garden. I have Diablo 3. It uh, serves much the same purpose. <laughs> it's like a Zen garden where you just pull the rake through the sand to center yourself and yeah. find your central chi or whatever it is you do. Yeah. The, the 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 rake is up to like season twenty three at this point. It's weird that they keep doing more. I feel like we've run a course too far to return from. But I don't know. Fuck it. They seem to be having fun. Yeah, and the beauty of Diablo is that the numbers always get higher. Yeah. It, yeah. Actually. Yeah, you know, they've really I, uh, they really struck that balance where it feels good. You always think that you're at this plateau where you could not possibly be more powerful, and yet you do. Yeah, I won't go get too much into it, but a couple of seasons ago, they gave the Crusader a new set, and it was so powerful they had to nerf it four times. Wow, <laughs> cutting it basically down to like a quarter of its original strength and it's still stronger than any set I've ever used in the history of Diablo 3 and not and it's not close either it's it, it's by a wide margin it's the strongest build I've ever played with <laughs> so is it getting to the point where it's like one of those TV shows that just won't end you know and they're they're just going through the motions they're continuing to put out content but it's like the Simpsons it should have it should have been done decades ago Sort of, but it's like The Simpsons, but if they only release, like, four episodes a season, and they're literally cut and pasted from, like, previous episodes, so it's a lot worse. Okay. <laughs> this is a good sales pitch you got together here. Yeah. 
Listen, I can't talk about Diablo 3 in a way that makes people want to play Diablo 3, but it doesn't stop me from playing Diablo 3. <laughs> now you just sit back and wait for those job offers from Blizzard to roll through your door. <laughs> Anybody hears this? I... Not to... Not to cast aspersions on any giant faceless corporations out there, but they would have to pay me a pretty remarkable amount of money to get them, me to actually work for them. Like a... Not like a crazy amount, but like... You know, I'm... I'm doing okay right now. They don't. They would have to. They would have to push push a little harder than they probably want to, to get me in their quarter. Your pupils would have to at least temporarily turn into dollar signs, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, like the 3D kind of pop <laughs> right out from your face, make a little awuga horn or the cash register sound. Yeah, yeah. with some nice. mid 90s CGI straight out of the yeah. mask. Mask, yes, nice. Hell yeah. Haven't watched it in a long time. Willing to bet it's still a good movie. Guaranteed. Guaranteed it's better now. <laughs> Cameron, yeah, Dia okay. Cameron Diaz is finest. Yeah, not Nothing said. of what you said is completely accurate about the mask, but that's okay. <laughs> that's a journey you have to make yourself. It stars Jim Carrey. It sure does. Yeah. yeah. At his most Jim Carrey. He, it's, I... I it's very close to maximum carry. I would say liar oh, yeah. liar is maximum carry. I would yes. say that's like, <laughs> yeah, that's like him <laughs> distilled into a vial. You like you pop the top off and it smokes a little bit. You're like shit. <laughs> we can't recap it. No, no. We better turn this into poured, something. Liar liar into it a is. movie. Then that's fine. Okay, so who played games? Uh, I did. Played the games. I did. Okay, great. What'd you play? Uh, but I'm actually going to start with something that I have not actually played yet. Mm. But I attended a virtual preview event for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Oh, yes. And let me tell you, I've seen some ratcheting. I've seen some clanking. <laughs> and I've seen some riveting. Wow. Rivet being the, uh, the new female Lombax. Voiced right. by none other than Jennifer Hale, by the way. Hell yeah! Yeah. She seems cool as hell. Um, yeah. There was a kind of a two-day thing, and saw a big, long, new gameplay demo, and man, does this game look freaking unbelievable. Like, just from a visual standpoint, it is shocking how good-looking this game is. I cannot believe it. And uh, had a whole bunch of breakout sessions with various people on the team, you know, who... I designed the guns and designed the levels and designed the fur technology, things of this nature. And uh, Rhett's gone again, but oh, Rhett's back again. <laughs> Fuck. Not a good start. Not a good start. I mean, no, know, no, it's great. We got several minutes of uninterrupted Rhett time. That I'm counting as a win. Mm, yeah. It was it was delicious top to bottom, uh, but anyways, Rift Apart, man, does it look good? Just like shockingly, shockingly good, and uh, a lot of what was being talked about is can't, comes down to the PS5 technology and how they could not make this game on another platform. 
because it is so uh, heavily dependent on the PS5 technology, specifically the SSD and the DualSense controller. So on the on the SSD side of things, they went so far as to say that any transition that is not instantaneous is there only for effect. So in those gameplay demos in the trailers where Ratchet and Clank fly through a portal and they fly through hyperspace for a couple of seconds and then pop out in another scene, yeah. that's for effect. They can do anything at any moment, at any time, without using any memory. <laughs> so Jeez. like the SSD <laughs> is so fast, they don't have to store anything in, in memory ever. <clears throat> and so like in previous games, they would have to limit the design of of levels and what could be in these levels based on what would fit into memory. So you could only have a certain set of enemies, for example, or you could only have a certain number of textures. There is now literally no limitation except the size of the SSD and the PS5. So which, okay. Uh, the example that was given was the topiary sprinkler weapon, which you throw out and it turns your enemies into topiaries, <laughs> shrubs. And nice. uh, so each enemy has a very highly detailed shrub version of themselves that that is lives in the, the game data. And in the past, you would have to store all the shrub versions of enemies in memory so that they could pop into existence when they need that. But they don't do that. So the the moment you turn on the sprinkler the literal frame before they turn into a shrub the ps5 loads the shrub data from the ssd into reality and pops it into the into reality within the space of one frame which is like 30 milliseconds or something like that so they were saying that engine technology is something that is nowhere near uh, adequate at this point to really take advantage of this so a lot of their time was spent breaking their engine so that they could do more and they were saying we cannot imagine what people are going to do with this technology in five or six years when engines catch up to what how fast this freaking thing is right so yeah to say this this game is going to be a showpiece is understatement of the century and uh yeah, it's looking very, very good. Um, <clears throat> game of the year, maybe? Early contender? Halfway point? I, for me, best looking game? Very possible. Sure. Based on what they showed. It's, yeah, that uh, city level I'm, I'm, is really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the other thing they were talking about was the DualSense, obviously. And they are... They were equating the haptics and the trigger control in this game to um, if it was removed from the game, it would be like taking the sound out of a PS4 game. They're treating that that output it, through the controller as a completely new channel of information that now must be there in order for the experience to be right. Huh. Which. All right. I was like, okay, I get what you're putting down, but like, why is that the case? And well, as you know, Ratchet and Clank is very dependent on weapons and you're always shooting and they've got really <laughs> cool weapons all the time. And in the past, you've, 
they've had to assign multiple buttons or multiple triggers to guns so that you could have a primary fire and an alternate fire. But with the loss of ret, I'm going to keep going. But in the in the world of Rift Apart, <clears throat> that doesn't have to be the case. The trigger can behave differently for literally every gun in the game. So for things like the Enforcer shotgun that they were showing off, mm -hmm. it's there are two distinct trigger stops. And you pull the first one, it fires the first barrel. And you pull it farther, it fires the second barrel. Or you can just pull it really hard and fire all the barrels at once. Or for a, a gun that has to charge up, there can be a stop that is the charge. So you no longer have to like time up a charge or hold a button to charge. You can just pull the trigger halfway to charge up your gun and then pull it all the way through to fire it. And although I've not played it yet, they are claiming that all these things feel incredible. So, Ratchet and Clank. I'm very excited to play it. And, yeah, hopefully that's going to be soon. Because it is coming out on yeah. June 11th. Oh, shit, that's not far at all. Mm. It's like right the day before E3 starts. That's going to be it's gonna be a hell of a thing. That's a real mic drop, I think. Oh, holy shit, yeah. We can show whatever we want. We got Ratchet and Clank out in the wild. Yeah. It, it, uh... It's hard to describe how good it looks. I'm hopeful that I'll have some B-roll that I can put with this. <laughs> this audio so that you could see how good it looks because I did show an entire new level and even though it doesn't seem like it's doing too much on the surface to change up that formula of here's a big giant level go gather some bolts do some stuff do some rail grinding shoot some guys do some ratcheting and clanking <laughs> you know solve some puzzles play some mini games yeah it looks so fun and i think that it's the perfect time for something like that that is is focused on fun versus you know making an impact much like i think last year when the last of us came out it was the wrong time for that game and that's why a lot of people really didn't like it at that time this is the right game at the right time as people are well, are fed up right. with with uh you know political nonsense and whatnot Hey, this looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah, just get get in there, do, do and, and, and people like basically basically know what to expect from a Ratchet and Clank, Clank game. They they kind of yes. understand what they're getting into. They're just giving you that, but like better. <clears throat> also, Which, the music in this game is uh, by Mark Mothersbaugh, who is the guy who wrote the music in Rugrats. Oh. Mm. Oh. And is quite a famous composer. The music same music did sound pretty cool. Sound pretty good. Yeah, that's kind of a weird poll, but you know what? I'm into it. You you get get the Rugrats guy, which I'm sure <clears throat> he has credits to his name that are not Rugrats that I just don't know because the list of composers I know is real short. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way they they were talking about it and why they wanted to work with this guy is that Ratchet and Clank has this, you know, lighthearted appeal. It's very whimsical a lot of the time, but it does also try to tell some serious story elements. And when action ramps up, they want it to get really actiony. And so they, they 
I guess this composer's work was kind of the blueprint. They were like, well, we really want somebody who can write stuff like Mark Mothersbaugh can. <laughs> they were like, what if we just tried to get Mark Mothersbaugh? <laughs> that would be very Mothersbaugh-esque. <laughs> yeah, it would. You, it, it would. It would strongly resemble his work in a lot of ways. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So obviously have not touched it yet, so can't vouch for the quality of the game, but all the things they were saying sounds like they have taken this in the correct direction to push the franchise forward and uh, are implementing all the things they learned making Miles Morales for the PS5 launch to really uh, leverage that PS5 stuff. Yeah, this is probably a pretty safe bet. Yeah. One more thing to note that I thought was very impressive is uh, the the PS5 is so powerful and so overpowered for what this game requires that they can at all times be rendering two full detail scenes. So lots of times if they uh, do a thing like you can see through a portal into another world, you aren't just seeing that portion of the world. The entire world exists. It's being rendered and the system knows what's happening in that background. Or if they do things like a cool sci-fi wipe, both the scenes that are being shown exist at the same time. There's no huh. trickery. Because they don't have to do trickery. So, huh. so you have like an open portal, and then the whole world exists on the other side of that portal. Yeah, the shit that's happening on the other side of the portal, like all the characters that are doing things, that's all happening. But the world that you're currently in, all that shit's also happening too. You know, I don't know, I don't really have the language to properly describe the idea in my head. But what I'm thinking is that having this kind of power in games means that people like speedrunners and glitch exploiters, you know, the sort of people who like to like go in and like break things and fuck around and, and push the limits of a game are going to find some really wild shit in the coming next couple of years because the, uh, suddenly the size of the playground is so huge and like the there's all these things it's like well they couldn't possibly let us do that but like well i think maybe they can now you know what i mean like mm -hmm. yeah the speed of the speed of the of the architecture that is happening in the back end removes all speed limits so like in the future if they're making a future spider-man game there doesn't have to be a cap on the swing speed so if someone figures out an exploit to make spider-man swing at the speed of light <laughs> it's possible and it'll keep up. <laughs> That's a really uh, weird nod to subculture, but yeah, yeah, man. just just like just moving as fast as like an F an F fourteen or whatever, just like <laughs> ripping through the skies. Afterburner Spider Man, I'm into it. Oh my god, yes, <laughs> I'm into it. Hey, this just occurred to me right this second. But if somebody wanted to make another Superman-style game, right, this would be a great space to do it in, like the PS5, because then it's like, oh, yeah, you could just fly to the other side of the planet. It's fine. It'll be there when you get there, you know? 
or like do crazy leaps or crazy punches or whatever you know what i mean like it the 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 engine power seems very suitable to that sort of like game breaking power yeah very interesting to see where especially level design is going to go because there no longer needs to be that section where you squeeze through a wall because hey the rest of the level has to load or you know (laughs) We have specifically designed this place so that sight lines are narrow so that we have enough memory to load what's next. Like, no, it's not a problem. It loads within one frame. You can do anything at any time. And I'm sure the Xbox Series X is capable of very comparable things, but they just, you know, haven't shown us any fucking games. Maybe maybe Halo Infinite, when it's done, part yeah. of the infinite will be the draw distance, you know? <laughs> just like, you can just like bust out your viewfinder and look to the other side of the planet or whatever. Wow, there's Craig the Brute. <laughs> Way down there. Yeah. All eight polygons. Yeah. <laughs> just fully rendered two and a half miles away. Sure. And... Yeah. You know, yeah, even for things like No Man's Sky, if they decided to rework that for the new consoles, you know, in that game, if you've never played it, when you're flying in space, you're flying in space. And then when you get to a certain height above the planet, your ship kind of like burns down into the atmosphere and it renders in the planet. So now you're in planet space, not space space. That doesn't have to be a thing anymore because there's no longer memory limitation which is kind of hard to process and I don't know how I don't know how PC games are going to catch up to that point because that that speed is so integrated into into the matchup of CPU and memory and SSD and whatever else yeah like a uh, PC gamers getting a like a badass SSD. That's it's not that unusual. Lots of people run them. I have one on my desktop just for like quickly loading essential programs. But yeah, you have to that all the disparate components have to talk to each other pretty fluently, or else you're gonna get like slowdowns and trip ups and stuff like that. Like I think I. Th- think for pc gaming to get to that specific point performance wise you'll probably have to like start like doing like branded shops where it's like oh no you need if you're going to use this uh graphics card you kind of have to have this ssd and this cpu Mm -hmm. and then when you do that then you can run these wacky future games (laughs) yeah i'm sure it won't take long to get to the point where sheer brute force is overpowering the problem yeah that's what piece of game is all about the sandblaster method it's true (laughs) funny side note days gone is coming out on pc relatively soon i'm very curious to see what kind of pc you actually need to run that correctly versus the ps5 version of days gone which is like 4k 60 pretty much locked solid so do you need one of those graphics cards that no one can buy 
in order to do that on a PC, maybe. Maybe. Double side note, it's almost impossible to buy a graphics card because of all the coin miners. Mm. Yeah. Like we weren't already destroying the planet fast enough just with the manufacturing of high-end graphics cards. Now we're doubling and tripling our efforts with uh, stuff like NFTs and Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah, just 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 right to the memes for that reference. No deeper. <sighs> so yeah. yeah, I what? Yeah, what have you been playing, James? Well, there's a couple of games. Uh, let's start with a really. Actually, you know what? They're they they're both pretty chill. They're both pretty chill games. It's been a pretty chill couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was Skate City, and that one came out on Apple Arcade like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Mm. I think it was two years. So it's been a couple of years as an Apple Arcade exclusive, which means it didn't exist, and no <laughs> one can tell me otherwise. Uh, now finally, it's out in the world, and uh, it's on. I think basically every console and it rules. Mm. It's a skateboarding game, a side-scrolling skateboarding game where you travel a big, long looping city course and perform like little tricks and like challenges, or you can do like a free skate forever and ever. And um, the visuals are very kind of like pastel, clean, simple polygons, really like laid back looking uh, but the soundtrack is the real reason I jumped on reviewing this game in the first place because they use uh, it's just like three different lo-fi hip-hop instrumental artists and that is a genre of music that I have been slightly fixated on for a few years like it's something that's like been a part of the background radiation of my life since like 2016 2017 <laughs> And you're like basically, the, you're like the real life embodiment of the lo-fi studying girl. I yeah, n- mm-hmm. not often, not all the time, but like definitely, I had a lot of like study sessions, artists like <laughs> Flamingosis and uh, uh, like people like that, and uh, I think there's three different artists whose names escape me right now because I'm you know bad at preparing for podcasts, but uh, they have a whole playlist album out there on Spotify, and it's it's great it's super chill it's cool um it's like in my opinion probably like one of the best parts of the game is that it introduces people to this music genre kind of movement that's been popping up on youtube and uh i think it's just a a valuable piece of cultural currency is to just expand the reach of this stuff um and uh also the gameplay is really good so that's cool pretty simple you're just like it's all like the sort of tricks and moves that you that that are like based around traversal because you're constantly running along this loop path and then like the the intensity changes pretty drastically like if you're doing endless skate you're just skating endlessly it's unbelievably laid back it's really simple you can still accomplish goals while you're doing that but it's just kind of like incidental to your like enjoyment of the situation and then if you switch to challenge mode it gets a lot more tense because like the requirements are a little more little heavier and uh it's just a little tougher but still even amongst the frustration associated with any given challenge mode it's pretty laid back you know uh 
it's a smaller game. Like there's like three different cities you can travel through, which I, I you know, it, I just kind of wanted more, but um, the stuff that's there is good. Um, there's some cu customization you can do with your avatar limited, of course, by like the pared down graphic style, which kind of gels really well with the overall lo-fi aesthetic. But um, yeah, not quite as much game as I would like, but the stuff that's there is great and I really enjoyed it. And I think it's very important for the proliferation of the lo-fi hip hop movement. It looks like a really fun little pal palate cleanser. If you're yeah. playing something more intense, this looks like you could just pop in and skate around a bit and have a nice time and bail out after 20 minutes and feel like you've still did a thing. Yeah. The like the the publishers when they um uh, I don't know, this is kind of like how the sausages is made kind of stuff, but even the the guys that handed off a review guide with the game were like kind of meant to be played in like 40 45 minute bursts. I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. You know, they 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 very explicitly let me know that and like for maximum enjoyment. You know, get in for a little under an hour, and then you're good, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> nice. I, I love when people recognize that about their own game. Yeah. Or their own their own art, whatever it happens to be. Well, yeah, you should, you should maybe just play this for a bit and then come back tomorrow. Which uh, makes it makes it really maximizes your enjoyment of the experience uh, from my perspective. Nice. Well, the other thing I was playing, uh, was very much not that chill, not that chill at all because it was resident evil village. Oh. <laughs> all right. Yep. That's an RE game. <laughs> very much is an RE game. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah, one of the one of the big memes is popping up around this game, almost as much as uh, Super Tall Vampire Lady, is the 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 poor uh, hands of Ethan Winters. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's not exaggerated. He uh, he I... takes some serious damage, <laughs> and frequently finds just some random bottles of liquid that help his appendages either regrow or. <laughs> poor rat. This poor guy. Poor. Yeah. Anyways, he finds just these random bottles of liquid that help his appendages either regrow or reattach in ways that I'm not too sure how this. There's no explanation given at any point. So to like spoilers for the first couple of hours of this game. There's one point where the vampire lady, Lady Dimitrescu, slices Ethan's hand off. 
Yeah. And okay. uh, it's while he's he's holding a handle, like to pull a handle down to open a gate. So he grabs the hand off the handle, opens the gate with the other hand, of course, then uh, pours the magic liquid on his stump, <laughs> which has miraculously stopped bleeding. And it, it just kind of reattaches. Yeah, that happens in seven, too. Does it? Yeah. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Daddy Baker, he cuts your foot off. And same thing. He, he makes you crawl over to it, grab it, dump the liquid on it, and it magically reattaches. It's it's kind of a hidden scene. It doesn't always happen. But if you're looking out for it, you can get it done. Is there an explanation for that? I don't think they explain it. No. Right. Well, Is it like... It. It's magic liquid. You know, RE. Is it just like yeah. whatever crazy voodoo they've been using in their labs to like make zombies a thing? They're like, hey, we can reanimate flesh. So they just like this is kind of the results of their like research and their labor. We're like, yeah, you can just put your shit back together. Or is it the case that like everybody you play as is a little bit of a zombie? <laughs> <laughs> like the limits of their flesh are not the limits of most men and women and children and whatnot. Mm. Just pour a little liquid umbrella corp on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Side effects may include shut the fuck up. What do you care? You have your hand back. God, just stop your whining. <laughs> Anyways, this is a good game. It's a good game. It looks phenomenal. Gorgeous. Really, Gorgeous. really does. And especially surfaces and and items. There's a lot of attention to detail, especially in well, let's back up a bit as there's there are various areas of the game and they're all associated with one of the main antagonists. You get introduced to these antagonists relatively early on. The first one being tall vampire lady. And uh, so, you know, you, you explore her castle and there's a lot of attention to detail. You know, I, I spent a lot of time staring at the wood floor, just hmm. kind of seeing how the ray tracing works on the floor and Fuck me, does it look like wood? You know? Sometimes you just look at a surface in a game and go, God, that really looks like mud, doesn't it? Yeah. And this game is all about that. Nice. Walls really look like walls. The bricks look like bricks. The apples look like apples, you know? And uh, that's... It's remarkable for that reason. I would say it's not that remarkable for the gameplay. It is, it's a good game. It's a good Resident Evil game. There are some truly spooky moments that did get me for sure. Uh, I won't spoil any of that, of course. But it doesn't do anything too, too interesting. It's fairly predictable. You know what you're going to get. You know, if you're, you're in Lady Dimitrescu's castle and you're wandering around the castle, there's going to be some locked doors. They're locked from the other side. So obviously you need the key item to do the little loop and unlock that door. It's very much that kind of game. And I think while I give that a lot of a pass for the remake games because they're games of an era and one, I have nostalgia for them and two, they're third person, which I kind of generally think makes me like games more. This is a, a brand new thing that they've just designed. So I'm like, come on, can you, keep you a little bit more creative than 
you know, to make me take apart this statue and pull out its eye so that I can stick it in a door and the door opens and then I walk around and then I, I find the shotgun, you know? That stuff is... It works in the sense that it guides you to the horror moments. But I don't think this is... It's not pushing the genre forward in, a, in any remarkable way. Okay. Still, if you liked Seven... This game plays better. Oh, there uh, we go. It, 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 a lot of the it's very combat focused. A lot of the combat is better, I think, than it than it was in seven. Um, I kind of felt like I was more in control of what was happening. And there's a little less of that classic Resident Evil. Oh, I just can't spin around quite fast enough to get this thing. And I'm bit. There's a little <laughs> bit less of that. Obviously, it still happens, but um, yeah. Also, I would recommend, like, we got the codes for this game quite late. So as, not, not as the guy who was reviewing it, but the guy who was doing capture for the video review, I was like, I've got to put this thing on casual. I've got to blast through this and get some, you know, get a few hours of, of content. I've got to go quick. Can't afford any death. Yeah. yeah. It, you can't change the difficulty later, by the way which sucks. <laughs> and also the aim assist in this game is perhaps the most absurd thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It is like, <laughs> it's like a laser guided smart bomb. As soon as you pull the, <laughs> the aim trigger, your dude is locked onto this zombie. So if it's like bending down and back up and stuff, it is fully locked on the head the entire time. There's some really hilarious video of that. Um, oh, that's awesome. Definitely do not play on, on the casual mode. It's way too easy. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, it's an easy recommendation. Especially because with the ray tracing on, it still runs at 60 frames. Oh, pretty much. Sick. Pretty much consistently. There's a couple of little drops if you're out in a giant, giant area, but for the most part, you know, it's Resident Evil, you're in you're in buildings, you're in hallways, so it looks phenomenal. And it looked incredible on the PS4. I played one of the demos on there and I would say it's probably the best looking game on the system. Wow. Really? Yeah, like it looks really good. I was surprised. But yeah, Village. Check it out. Lots of nods to uh, other horror genres. Hmm. Remember many, many podcasts ago, we were talking about a Resident Evil Village trailer. Mm -hmm. And I recall that I made a prediction that this game yeah. was going to be about werewolves. <laughs> They're werewolves in the first like half an hour of the game. So I'm going to call that me being correct. Yeah. That, there is a news story that is relevant to that specific fact. <laughs> Please enlighten us, James. Well, <clears throat> I didn't put this in the doc because I forgot about it until right this second. But um, there's a village, uh, Somerset, in the UK. And uh, the area has these like ancient chalk art sculptures basically just like huge figures drawn on the ground like 
couple hundred feet long, right? Really big, huge things. There's like some famous ones all around the country. There's like just dudes with swords and shields and massive dogs. You know, the usual stuff you get from like uh, eras gone by from, you know, thousand years ago or whatever. And uh, Capcom made one as promotional art. So it's a giant werewolf chalk art drawing. It's 100 meters long and 58 meters tall, like done in chalk into the side of a hill just outside of Somerset. And it showed up on like the third and nobody nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Like news crews are out there, but like, what is this about? Why is this happening? And then like a few days later, a cap, some Capcom reps, I guess, went out and added the Resident Evil Village logo in the corner. <laughs> so like... Now there's just this gigantic piece of PR art done in the style of, like, this ancient form of, like, chalk art sculpture. Like, yeah. If you were if you were a savvy Resident Evil gamer and you happened to, like, be in and around this area, you would have known that there were werewolves before the game's release. <laughs> That doesn't really surprise me about Capcom PR, given some of the things they've A, done in the past, and B, done at things like E3. Like, the year the RE2 remake was coming out, they had the mansion. Like, they recreated a piece of the mansion inside the event center. Nice. Which, obviously, that's awesome. But... I love the idea that there's this piece of advertising that's now like permanently etched <laughs> into the earth. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how you do that kind of art in the first place. I don't know if it's undoable or if it's just like, oh yeah, that's going to be there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like most of the local residents didn't seem that perturbed by it, but like... <laughs> I only read the one article about it. Maybe there was like a local uh, historical society that was like, you motherfuckers, you're betraying the, you know, the art form or whatever. I don't know. Guaranteed. Oh, I'm sure they exist. Uh, yeah, just some real, real sad, sad, sad human beings. Just, just real bummed about this biz. Well, they shouldn't be because it's a cool game. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm going to keep playing it. Which is about as good a recommendation as I can possibly give. You know, like I've. Especially when I'm not reviewing something, if if it's a game that I have finished creating content for and I'm going to keep playing it. It's probably pretty good. Yeah. It's now, true. are you going to restart? And kick the difficulty up. At this point, no. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely like three quarters of the way through, but uh, yeah. I'll be interested to see what the speedrunners do with this one. Generally, they've got a lot of room to play around in Resident Evil, Evil games. They're mm -hmm. generally really good about that. Yeah. 
Anyways, what else has everybody been playing? Rhett, you play anything? Uh, I guess I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise. Nice. You were talking about games that you've continued to play after creating content for. Yeah, Monster Hunter, I've been steadily working my way through. Um, it just got a content update, uh, what, a week ago or a couple weeks ago? New monsters, new gear, new weapons, you know, the usual. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. Playing old shit on the PS5 as well. I guess not old shit. I, I, MLB has been really nice on the PS5. We were talking about that last time. It is very, very smooth. And that stadium editor or creator is pretty cool. Hey, nice. so hold yeah. up, Red. All right. Now... When we last convened for a podcast, we were all celebrating the fact that you'd successfully gotten a pre-order or an order in, and you'd, you'd, you'd acquired and purchased a PS5. Now, in the interim between that podcast and this recording, you have acquired the PS5. Mm-hmm. So, Rhett, I, I, I want to hear a little bit about your initial experiences with this console. Um, that's nice. That's very nice of you. Um, it was... A very, very, uh, what do I want to say? (laughs) It was an experience. I mean, the first time, man, um, (laughs) the first thing I did was check out Astro, Astrobot. Uh, yeah. You guys have talked about it before. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really have anything to add about it, but, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with this controller. That's really the big thing with it so far. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with that. Uh, Ratchet Hell and Clank. Yeah. I'm probably most excited for that. Sounds like that's going to really take advantage of it more than anything else. So, um, Yeah. Good system. I haven't really played any like PS5 games on it, though, so I don't have much to say about it. You didn't go and... In- Check in with your boy Deacon on on Days Gone. Nah, like I platinumed it. Uh, you know, I've been there. Well, and you, you actually, have, you have not seen it at sixty frames yet. You should you should start over. Yeah, but you know what we're not going to see is Days Gone too. And if you've beaten Days Gone, it ends yeah. on a really good cliffhanger. Yeah, and we're never going to see where that goes. So, oh, that's a whole thing. Yeah, I. Man. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see it someday. Yeah, Not the next yeah, thing right. Ben Studio is going to make, but I think we can bet on on seeing at least a side story from Days Gone at some point. Yeah. God of War has been incredible on the PS5, though. You're talking about casual difficulty, man. I started that game up, threw it on casual because I want to just melt through everybody that I see, which you do. It's basically like one axe throw to kill anything. (laughs) And it's been really nice to just walk through that game and look at it in glorious 4K, 60 frames, steady. Like I haven't seen a frame drop. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Um, Shocking how well all uh, all the assets hold up in that game. Yeah, you know, like Kratos and 
um and you know the the giant dragon whose name escapes me things World like that Serpent. yeah yeah um man amazing that's you, easily could be a ps5 game yes with the upgrades for sure yeah uh what else has been cool dirt 5 i've been playing dirt 5 Oh yeah, that got a, that got a free PS5 upgrade, and yeah. that has been really smooth. I ex- I imagine we'll see that game on uh, the PS Plus free game of the month, and I highly recommend you check that out if it ever does. Mm. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, but yeah, no, this week, RE Returnal, and uh, maybe just those two. Uh yeah, we'll get serious about this thing in the coming weeks. Yeah, Hell yeah. I, I have been playing Returnal as well, by the way. I figured it didn't need to to bring it up as we talked about it last week or last time, but it's it's very good. It is a very, very well made game. It handles exceptionally well. As you might expect from uh, you know, a studio that's known for twitchy shooting. It it plays really, really well. So I don't know if I'm quite as hot on it as our reviewer was, but it's it's definitely a lot of fun, and it does do some very neat stuff with the DualSense controller. Um, pretty much everything has a haptic associated with it, so you can really tell what's going on through the controller in a way that I expect is going to become the standard. And yeah, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> I've heard those raindrops are pretty sweet. The raindrops are quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, also really like the the uh, haptic associated with scanning something. Oh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. Um, but yeah, it has that it has that feel of a really good. I mean, I don't know that I would call this game a rogue light. I would probably call it closer to a rogue like. Where you're mm. basically starting from scratch every time you start over. But it's like a really good one of those where, you know, you get torched by the boss in the second biome. You feel like it was your fault. You're like, okay, I, I get the pattern now. I understand how to how to get past this. And you do. And when you do, it feels very good. So it does have a lot of that reward satisfaction and dopamine hit. And things like the ability to kind of mainline your way back to the farthest you've ever been is is great from the perspective that you don't have to tread old territory. So if I'm if I'm working on the third biome, I and I lose my run, I don't have to make my way all the way through biome one and two to get back. Nice. There's there are shortcuts, so I don't have to beat the boss again. I don't have to do all that shit. You don't have to have the perfect run to beat the game, which is nice. All right. <clears throat> Anything else, James? You you wanna you wanna talk yeah, about yeah, any, yeah. any other chill vibes? Yeah, yeah. The other one I've been playing, the other chill game, was uh, the console release for Subnautica: Below Zero. Playing mm. that in the PS5. And uh, 
Chill is kind of a complicated label to add to this game because while you are exploring a, a, a beautiful underwater ocean paradise, it's like colorful and vibrant and, and, and serene and, and, and powerful. You are constantly running out of air and food and water and life. And uh, every second is just like you struggling to come up with resources and make sure that you're, you're, you're feeling stable enough to make progress to the next piece of the puzzle. It's a very like, it's a surprisingly intense survival game when yeah. you play with all the settings in the right way, you know? Because you can turn off like hunger and thirst and shit like that. But I was like, no, no, give me the full meal deal. Let me see the whole experience. I want to mm -hmm. see how bad it can get. Oh, it's it's really cool. I don't know. It's just a cool game. It's just a cool concept. Did you play the first one? Barely. I bounced off it pretty quick. Like, yeah. it, but specifically because of the like the constant low level stress that you have to deal with and the shit you have to manage. Like other survival games, like uh, Valheim, for example, your hunger and thirst and your coldness bars, that stuff is like very much like background noise that you pay attention to once in a while when you really have to. In Subnautica, especially, I don't, I, I don't know, I can't really speak to the first one, but in Below Zero, like you very quickly end up being like, oh shit, you need to seek fluid intake. You're, you're, you're about to like suffer serious damage from the, the thirst and the hunger and shit like that. And like, you're always, if, cause exploring underwater, is like a fraught thing. You get like maybe, I think like 30 seconds of air before you do any upgrades. And yeah. you can't even really get a respite above the water because as soon as you're out in it, because it's a stupid Arctic fucking planet, you're freezing to death immediately once you get to the surface. So like when you're exploring above the water, you're like, <laughs> and so like everywhere you go and everything you do, there's that, there's those little set of countdown clocks, little bars depleting constantly. Just be like, don't go relaxing or anything. You can't be doing that. Gotta be, gotta keep moving guys. But on the other hand, the upgrade trees and, 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 and the progression that you deal with happens feels like very quickly like i got like a scanner and a repair tool and a habitat builder almost right off the bat and i was like building a base and then a couple hours and like uh a sea truck what they call it so you could like do like dives underwater up to a certain depth of course after 150 meters you you risk this is the weird thing you take the sea truck to 150 meters depth you start experiencing hull damage and like you're gonna destroy the truck but your ass, unprotected, just out of the water, it's fine. You can just hop out <laughs> of the truck and do some exploring. And your frail little body doesn't, like, experience any serious drawbacks. You run out of air faster. Like, your oxygen efficiency decreases the deeper you go. But you can handle it. You don't, you don't have any structural damage, but your sea truck will fucking collapse. So you just park the <laughs> truck at like 148 yeah yeah i mean you just go diving yeah <laughs> all right and you ref and you refill your air every time you go back to it so you could just like yeah there's all sorts of little things you could do but like i touched on it before i'm gonna say it again it's really fucking beautiful game mm. just like all the all the sea life is gorgeous and there's like little like uh plant and and crystal and rock formations all over the place and everything's like lit by like the bioluminescent creatures uh that are everywhere and like 
the water effects are really choice and like there's this crazy other planet in the distance up in the sky like pretty close like it's like two of them revolving around the same star or whatever like really close rotation or something because like, you can see it like just kind of like vaguely up there and like crazy weather and shit like that happens and like the the wildlife is a little bit more nuanced like there's these sea monkeys that will just straight up like steal your shit if they see you holding it when they get too close and there's like penguins or their equivalent just hanging out in the ice flows it's cool yeah well i really like the first game it's one of those games that has this really unnerving vibe especially if you're venturing well into the unknown that you know there'll just be a noise and you're like the fuck is that you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure this carries on because that's pretty much the best part of the first game. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. You, you, you'll get, you, I haven't gotten too deep out, out, out in the, like the really deep crazy ocean. It's been like, kind of like just like following caves and tunnels and stuff like that. And just going deeper and deeper and deeper and like finding wrecks and stuff like that. But Yeah. Mostly just a lot of weird little monsters in the beginning that like pop out of shit out of nowhere and you're like, ah, and do the damage to you. And you're like, ah. But, um, yeah, a lot of really, I've, I've seen a couple of like really huge beasts before I heard them and I was like, ah, uh, maybe I'll explore over there instead. What do you say? <laughs> I know we talked about this quite a bit uh, a couple of years ago, but did you ever play Outer Wilds? No. I think you would like it. I think I would too. Yeah. There's a couple couple of games that are on my short list for whenever I can like find the wherewithal and the brain power to get into that shit, but it's that and Disco Elysium. Those are the two. It's a very mm. short list actually. It'd be a great combo actually. To back and forth is Wilds is so mechanical and gameplay focused and and disco is very much a different brain space to you know understand the psyche be an interesting combo to play at the same time and yeah you know kind of a b just a just a double dose of good gaming some of the best some of the best games of whatever year that was 2019 i guess Anyways, how about that news, James? Okay, well, I already talked about the one thing, which is the the crazy art sculpture. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna look that is, up, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Good wild, good wild shit. Um. Okay, here's a fun weird thing I found out. Epic and Apple are having a dick measuring contest basically right now a big legal battle and uh the actual details are crazy boring it's just epic wants to be able to sell their shit on iphones without having to go through apple's store because apple takes a cut of it and epic is you know a big capitalist company and they want every dollar for themselves you know the usual Billions versus billions bullshit. Nobody cares. Here's the cool thing. 
because they're in the middle of a big legal proceeding, all of this like previously not public information has been coming out of the woodwork. And one of those things that we've learned was specifically how much Epic paid out like the buyout price for different games they would give away over the course of like a week, right? Because they they were hmm. like you like this is free for a week. Um, and they it, they had a big chart, and like this is how many units we sold in heavy air quotes because they paid nothing for it. Uh, and then this is the like the 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 buyout that we paid to the developer or the publisher in order to get the rights to, to distribute this for a week. Um. Metro 2033, not a thing, not a fucking dime. They paid zero dollars for that game. <laughs> yeah, they just had that shit. Oh, wow. But Subnautica the first, 1.4 million. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right? Like, that, that's, that's, that's 1.4 million for like a week's worth of sales. But... A lot of sales, like a lot, like probably if they'd been able to sell it at, at cost or at the full price, that many units for that week instead of for free, they probably would have made more. But, you know, that's the trade off, right? Mm-hmm. So they got a one point four million dollar buyout. Um, some of them, there's a lot of like little weird, like little bits that were not zero, but they weren't a million. Like uh, I think Super Meat Boy made like they, they paid those guys like 80,000. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, like, I some mean, games that are, like, crazy old have been out for years, and it was just like, well, you know, we'll give you something for it. Like, I think, like, Fez was, like, 40 or 50, and then, like, uh... Yeah, there's a, there's a few, like, a whole bunch of really little ones that was like, okay, so you guys made a couple extra bucks. There's a couple really heavy hitters. I think the Batman trilogy got, like, 1.5 million. Interesting. That's surprisingly low to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean But that's like, just for like that's for like a week where they're just like, yeah. we'll give your shit away for a week in exchange for giving you one and a half million dollars. And they're like, okay. Yeah. I mean I guess if your game is old enough, you've you yeah. kinda hit the point of saturation in a lot of ways. I know there's tons yeah. of things on Epic Game Store that I just added to my library even though i own it probably a bunch of other places (laughs) meat boy and metro included because hey why not own this thing over here yeah there's a bunch i i kind of stopped going back to the weekly sales just because i was like i'm never going to play these things there's no point in downloading them it doesn't matter that's true i just didn't even bother but um there was a few I picked up and played for God at least forty minutes. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, it was interesting to see the numbers break down, and like, it's like, oh, cool, they made a little money, but then you see how many units they moved in that same time frame, and you're like, yeah, you didn't really make any money. <laughs> so based on all that. How much do you think Microsoft had to pay for day one Game Pass on the show? Damn. It's gotta... My, the first number that comes to head is like 
50 million. That's my that's my 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 opening bid. 50 million. I was going to say it's got to be into the eight figures. Well into the eight figures. So even if they get a million downloads at whatever games are now, $79. I don't know. You get a bit of a, you get a bit of a discount because it's on Game Pass, and you know, they're giving you a deal. So at 50 million, I could see it. Yeah. Didn't that Epic and Apple thing also weirdly reveal that Microsoft internally reviews games from other publishers? Didn't yes, I see that? I, I, I kind of glossed over that, but they like, I it, it makes sense. They must have a team of people who are just like, their whole job is to like scope the competition and see what their deal is. And there was a couple of like surprising reviews where they were just like, oh yeah, no, this was awesome. This rule, you know, <laughs> like they have like an official internal memo that was just like, oh yeah, no, that one was great or whatever. Like I, I didn't see any feedback where they were like talking about games. They thought were dog shit. I just, I think there was a couple that they were like gave internal kudos to. Yeah. I was reading the, the last of us two one. Yeah, where on the the technical front, the the takeaway was that this game is substantially ahead of literally everything else in just about every area, <laughs> like mechanically and and visually and uh, from an audio perspective. They just look at it, they throw their hands in the air like fuck. <laughs> fuck, good thing we canceled Scalebound, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Very oh, interesting stuff. Uh I think that segues pretty nicely into your your uh your point about the digital E3 guest list, James. It's getting bigger. It is. Much. So. Yeah. So like there's a couple of companies that like oh no, we're going to do our own thing like we do every year because we're too cool for E3. But there's something like 20 or so very large companies that are going to have presentations between June 12th and June 15th. I, James, have actually booked a couple of days off to make sure that I have time to just, you know, cover shit, watch shit. You know, I'm going to have a probably probably like a full bottle of cheap scotch just like at the ready and like maybe like a couple of 12 packs of like uh white claws seltzers yeah watermelon i hope oh so good watermelon's good lime is good i like lime Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. it's a classic standby i can't fuck up lime but yeah i'm gonna have a heavy supply of alcohol you know brew up some pots of coffee every morning you know really get into it just like you know I'm going to try my best to reproduce the at-home, locked-in-my-house E3 experience, which will actually be an improvement because my sleep will be slightly better. And uh, I'll probably be just as drunk, honestly. That's not... I don't I don't want to... It's probably slight... I mean, I don't know exactly where you live, but I think there's probably slightly less risk of there being armed robbery or any kind of uh, break and entering going on. Which there I don't... was like, yeah. Yeah. 
the there last was a game time we shooting were, in Richmond. The last time we were at a real E3, we were yeah. we're staying at a place, staying in an Airbnb, mm-hmm. right in downtown LA, like pretty right close, pretty close to Staples Center, pretty close to uh, the convention center. And I was up late, really late, and uh, you know, rendering out some video of whatever we'd captured that day. Lights are all off. It's just me and a laptop and a bunch of hard drives. And out the window of this kind of ground floor place that we're staying in, I see a couple of dudes like walking around and kind of peeking in the windows and, you know, sniffing around the joint. It's like, fuck, fuck me. I... Why did we pay less for this Airbnb? Fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> We're all asleep. I was passed out, probably. Let's be yeah, real. Everybody else was asleep, yeah. But I just like went and grabbed the biggest kitchen knife I could possibly find. <laughs> but thankfully, a motion detector scared these two dudes away. But man, I will yeah. not miss. I'll miss E3. I won't miss LA. Yeah, gunshots in the distance, that's fine. That's far away. People scoping the place, that's a different vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, to be fair, listeners, that place that we rented out two times, mind you, pretty spicy neighborhood. Let's 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 not oh, mince it was words. Super sketch. Yeah, like <laughs> like people you were, like look, you had your head on a swivel when you were running out to grab an uber at like 2 p.m so <laughs> you know yeah you know like the the, it, the, it, the and the place the building itself was kind of camouflaged because the paint was <laughs> peeling and the wood was old and the like uh 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 all the the uh there was like big bars on all the windows and it looked like a really dicey place and you go inside and it was, it was nice it was real nice but the, the outside looked like the rest of the neighborhood it was kind of like very effective camouflage although in retrospect not a hundred percent effective yeah yeah so yeah what a time what a place cool. but anyways digital e3 i hope it's good oh dude it's gonna be great are are all these companies that have stated they are supporting it, are they part of the digital E3 experience or are they just doing stuff at the same time? Um I think I haven't seen everybody's schedule, but I know Nintendo and Xbox have said that they're doing like conferences or events within the time slot. Okay. Um Show me what you got. Yeah. Let's see it. Let's see the games, Xbox. Let's see the game. The Switch Pro, Nintendo. Fuck off. It doesn't exist. Don't, everybody, can just, everybody can just take a log walk of a short pier. It's not a real thing. I'm going to get the hype train going again. Let's see it. Okay. Okay. Do so you know what they Pro. latched onto this time? Do you know what they latched onto this time? There was an article on, God, probably WWG. They fucking love Switch rumors. There was just like, Guys, they basically confirmed that the Switch Pro is real. You know what they said? They said they were halfway through the life cycle of the Switch. So, you know, 
Okay. It's been it's been four years, maybe? Yeah, so it's been four years. They're halfway through the life cycle. That would make this the standard life cycle for a Nintendo console that's selling well. In other words, they've told you nothing, you slavering fucking goblins. Relax. It'll get here when it gets here, Damn. but you've probably got a little while to wait. <laughs> I mean, it sounds nice. like it's about time for the new Switch. You know, the one that that has a, a better backlight, it's got a better screen or it's. I don't know, they change up the memory configuration or something. It won't. They they put it in order for like a. Them or like one of their harder manufacturers put it in order for like a million LCD screens of the right size. Yo, seven, they put it seven, in order. For screens, Switch Pro <laughs> yeah. confirmed, baby. Seven twenty p, seven twenty p, which is Switch the Switch Pro resolution, baby. It's the Switch resolution. It's just more Switch screens. Man, Hitman Three just got updated to seven twenty p, sixty frames per second. Oh, hey, on the Switch. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, that's that that streaming version, right? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> it's like what? But honestly, that's not a bad idea. If that's what it takes to run shit like that on that system. I'm not against it. I'd probably play that that one elsewhere, but hey. Oh yeah, as if I'm playing Hitman on that. But I, you know, I'm just saying as an example. You need to be in full control of your faculties to play a Hitman game effectively. You can't be dealing with yeah. any lag. No, no, that's a timing dependent frame perfect kind of game yeah. i'm obviously joking or in vr oh, i still haven't played it in vr i want to oh. mm. i'm sure it's going to benefit from this psvr 2 that's been announced yeah you know what let's let's fucking talk about that that's not just a rumor that's like sony slowly feeding us information so they can like keep us like a like a gentle hype sailing expedition going until the fucking thing releases yeah they're they're they're, they're talking 4k shit that's yeah. what they're that's what they're talking for this next psvr and control Sorry, go ahead, right? So, I was just going to say the controllers look cool too. It looks like you're going to have full use of your fingers and everything. Uh, yeah. It looks a lot better than the first PSVR, that's for sure. Fuck yeah. Very the controllers very much remind me of like like a hybrid between the Oculus controllers and the Valve Index mm. controllers, so really excited to see what they do. But they I was reading an article today. I don't know if it was confirmed or not, but about uh, some of the rendering tech that they're doing. There's this concept called foveated rendering where okay. in order to get to those resolutions and get to those frame rates, like if you're looking at 4K in each eye, that's a lot of pixels and even a, a PS5 is going to struggle to push that. Foveated rendering means that it, it, it renders higher detail where your center of focus is because your eyeballs mm. cannot perceive the same amount of detail except in your focal point so they decrease the render quality depending on where your eyeballs are looking on the screen yeah okay it's like that's 
that's basically magic. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, you pull that, that shit off. <laughs> you sons of bitches. You basically reproduced how the eye works, you fucking wizards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Sony is rolling right now. They are mm-hmm. rolling. Now, is this thing going to cost as much as the, the system does? Yeah. I think it's a fair bet. Right. Yeah. Which that was probably the most enticing thing about the PSVR was that it was like 200 bucks when it launched. Maybe a little more, 250 mm, Something like that. Might have been 299 mm. Yeah. I, I would guess two ninety nine. They they love their they love their ninety nines when they right. sell these things. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Uh speaking of Sony, the PS five is gonna be in short supply for quite a while, James. Yeah. Uh that came out today. That was uh something I saw on Destructoid. Basically uh, there was like an investor call that Sony had with their their top dogs, their their money men, and uh, yeah, the trouble is, is that there's a kind of a chip shortage. Yeah, just generally, just worldwide, just manufacturing certain kinds of complicated components. It's kind of difficult right now. Is it temporary? Is that just the way things are going going forward? Kind of hard to say. But the what they said was that it's probably likely that this, the PS5's supply problems are going to continue into 2022. Uh, they've moved 7.8 million units up to this point. They expect to move 14 by the end of the fiscal year, which is uh, realistic, you know. Another seven in another year, right? That's fair. As long as they can produce them, they'll sell them. Yeah. Uh, They're very much supply limited. Like yeah. The, the recent information about how many of these things they've sold is that they're kind of around the eight million mark, which is basically in in line a little bit ahead of how many ps4s they've sold which was also supply limited so i mean they're not doing a bad job getting these things out into the world it's i think a lot of it is the pandemic and people have a way bigger appetite for things to do at home Hmm. than probably ever before yeah it's uh I don't want to be the doom and gloom guy. He says, preparing to be the doom and gloom guy. But this is a problem we're going to keep seeing with greater frequency with a wider variety of products. You see, uh, chips and like uh, everything that runs off them, which is, you know, all of our electronics require a very specific selection of rare earth minerals. And they're called this because there's like a handful of places on the planet that they can be reliably extracted from. I say handful. I know of one. There might be more. I don't know about them. I only know of the one on the planet where you can get these materials. And uh, 
it's in China. So extrapolate whatever conclusions you want from that information. Most importantly, we just have the one spot. Maybe there's a couple more. I feel like once we tap that vein, we're uh kind of up the creek. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Totally boned. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, either we figure out a new way to manufacture computer parts, or uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they'll come up with something. They kind of have to. <laughs> oh yeah, that's you know that's how basically every breakthrough has has come about. You know. Yeah, necessity. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. They, they need to do it, so they do it. They needed a COVID vaccine. They developed one way faster than any vaccine has ever been produced in the past. I'm sure this will be similar. If and when. Yeah. But until they figure that problem out, uh, the pipeline is kind of little. And uh, the demand is very large. So, uh, yeah, maybe we we just see this happen every once in a while. Yeah. At the same time, though, it doesn't that limited number of consoles that are out there doesn't seem to really be affecting how games are performing. I was just reading today that Village sold like half of all of its copies on PS5. Huh. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. It's probably not going to affect the actual pipeline of games that substantially. No, I suppose not. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Is there any more news out there? Well, God, it is just mostly PlayStation shit. It's been a very PlayStation-heavy podcast. Uh, They're just doing shit. They're making moves. Microsoft, Xbox, come on. We want to talk about your shit, but we need shit to talk about. We need you to be out there doing things instead of just, like, hoping to be the next Netflix, which you already can't do because Netflix is the next Netflix. All right? You need a a different thing. I mean, listen, we could have put a piece of news in here that said Xbox has added FPS boost onto more games. But here's the problem. Not one person fucking cares. Nobody no. cares. No. 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 <laughs> it's cool. I'm glad you're able to do that. That is very clever. It is not, however, a new game that I want to play on my Xbox Series X, so no, you're I don't just know. Taking... Get it together. That's yeah, all I gotta say. You're just, take, you're just taking games that we already have played, or we were never that interested. In. It's like, well, now you can not play it in a higher f- frames per second rate. Like, isn't that cool? Like, well, can't no. wait. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so here's here's the last piece of PlayStation news because it's all PlayStation news because they're the ones actually doing shit right now. Um. A little while back, Microsoft, there were some rumors that they might try to buy Discord. 
people were panicking because the last piece of communication software that Microsoft bought was Skype, and they really did not do with Skype what they should have done, which was anything. It just, it was working okay, and then it stopped working okay, or we figured out how much it actually sucked and we stopped using it and their massive investment turned out to be a huge fucking waste of money. And they were like, oh, we're going to buy Discord. Except they weren't. They wanted to, but the Discord was like, no, we don't really need your money, which is wild because the amount that was on the table was like pretty large. So instead, what happened is that Sony is doing a partnership with discord which is technically different what that means is that discord chat social systems are going to be integrated into the ps5 sometime early in 2022 and um the playstation hasn't bought discord they made a minority investment in what was called uh round h of their like ac- of 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 their sales or their acquisitions or the i don't know what it is there's they, there's a blog post about it on sony they talk about round h like they got up in round h and they made a minority investment it was like this this blog post is obviously not for me because i have no fucking idea what that means so that's fine basically they didn't buy them it's fine discord is still owned by discord it's cool and then they're going to have discord shit on the PS5 and it'll be integrated. It'll be easier than ever for PlayStation gamers to, to, to play together and stuff like that. And it was just, okay, that's cool. Uh, all right. I, uh, I like discord. We're using it right now. It's great. I I don't know how that's going to make the PlayStation experience better. It's kind of, it's basically a a shark tank kind of thing. Like we're going to give you, x number of million dollars in exchange for something and probably that was some percentage of stake in in discord's future dealings and whatever consideration they want for their for their consoles and i think even though this kind of blew up a bit i think it's being understated how big a deal this is because think about how many discords are out there Everybody has a Discord. Every streamer has a Discord. Every site has a Discord. Every group of people that want to talk together have a Discord. Now that's on your PlayStation. So come 2022, I can pop open the Cog Connected Discord and I can talk to everyone on there. I can play directly with people who are on that Discord through my PlayStation. That is pretty cool. It's a massive counterpunch to Microsoft's live offerings and a very direct slap in the face to uh, their efforts to buy Discord, which I don't think is a coincidence either. No, no. I think this happened right after that did for a very specific reason. (laughs) Like, oh, you don't want to get bought by them? How about we just give you some cash and we put Discord on the PS5? They were like, (laughs) cool. Sounds good. Because <laughs> they've been around forever. They're a well-established yeah. part of the gaming internet. They're like a, a, a fucking dynasty by this point. They don't really need Microsoft's money. Like, they offer them, like, it was some crazy amount, like $10 billion. And they were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I don't know. But 
Then again, Microsoft does not have the greatest track record with acquisitions. You know, no. you you mentioned uh, Skype, but equally things like Nokia or Minecraft. Like, Minecraft exists, still exists. People still play it. People still spend a lot of money on it. But like, what have they done with it? They made that Dungeons game. That's, yeah. It's cool, but... You know, basically, what have you done? Why did you spend all that money on that? The most important thing that Microsoft did in buying Minecraft was taking it away from its creator, (laughs) which was a very important move for them to make because, and this is important, fuck that guy. He definitely had some opinions, didn't he? He sure did. He couldn't stop (laughs) having opinions. Chronic opinions. It's a very dangerous disease. Yeah, yeah. Just could not stop having hot takes on on public forums in a way that was like, wow, you were going to tank this fucking billion-dollar game franchise. And then Microsoft just gently took it out of his hands in exchange for some more money. And everybody's happy. Yeah, I mean, I presume that dude's happy. I don't know. I have no idea what happened to him. Oh boy! Yeah, I haven't thought about that Minecraft saga in quite some time, and I probably won't for quite some time because yeah, hell, Microsoft doesn't make games anymore. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, I gave up on that. Prove me wrong, Phil. Ago. If you're watching this, prove me wrong. God, <laughs> it's been so long since I wrote a news article about old Philly Spence. And his fucking constant public appearances. He just hasn't been out there in the zeitgeist lately. Come on, Phil. <laughs> I want to see I want to see their their E3 presentation. I want to see Phil on a stage with a series of doors, like doors that aren't attached to anything. They're just door frames with doors. And I want to see him one by one kick all those doors open to like the start of a trailer. Some amazing trailer. This is coming in 2021 world premiere and he's just like bah kicking the doors open yeah they oh god they could really use a win they could really use a w i don't know they've got to have a game coming out in 2021 right (laughs) a game how can this be a problem they have like 23 studios now (laughs) yeah oh i don't know if 23 is the right number but yeah, they, they have a lot. They have a lot of studios. 23 might not be far off. So at some point, one of these studios must make something for the Series X, right? Like, they just... They can't just not do that. <laughs> like, I'm Yeah, I'm just so tired of reading the reports that are like, well, you know, this game and that game, they're, they're still not really sure what the gameplay loop is, so it's probably three or four years away. I'm like, that is not acceptable at this point. You want people to buy this thing? Give them something to play on it, and it can't be MLB the show. I'm sorry. That that, that just doesn't play. Yeah. Great game. But... Like, if they're like, okay, we launched the console in November 2020, the first game, the first really great game is going to be ready by 2023, like, they might just close that arm of the fucking company. <laughs> 
Yeah, that that business case doesn't play. Oh, that's so bad. Hey, <sighs> maybe it's Halo. Maybe Halo will come out this year. Maybe it'll be great. Bye, Rhett. <laughs> One time. Um. No, sorry. That's that I started the sentence wrong. What I meant to say was, if they show a new, even just the same gameplay demo for Halo Infinite, but like, um, looking like an Xbox Series X game, they could do that. They could, they could, they could, they could like drop the mic and walk away. They could be like, all right, so some games are coming out. Who fucking cares? Also, here's the new, better version of that uh uh halo infinite trailer have at her guys yeah like they just have to do that thing and 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 they're good yeah i mean i I think the problems with that demo went so far beyond just the visual the visual obviously not great maybe it wasn't finished whatever the excuse was but the gameplay elements that they were showing off there and trying to pitch as something that were was incredible was ridiculous. You know, like the grappling hook. I'm sorry, but Link to the Past had the grappling hook in 1991. This is not special. That's 30 years ago at this point. <laughs> or Bionic Commando, that yeah, had a grappling hook. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like this it come on, come on, come on, come on, do something. Yeah, uh, they. I remember when I watched that video and I thought to myself, "Oh man, this looks like Halo." But I don't really play. Well, I haven't played Halo since like I think the third one, maybe the second one. I haven't played Halo since the second or third one. So like my understanding of where the series is supposed to be at by this point is kind of spotty. So when I saw the trailer, I was just like, oh yeah, it's more Halo, but then everybody else who actually plays the games, was, you know, they had a a different opinion. M- more nuanced, we'll say. Halo 2 or 3 was a pretty good place to stop playing Halo. <laughs> well, that, that was the last time I was doing like uh, uh, single screen multiplayer with a bunch of buddies. Okay. It was like me and yeah. three friends on a TV in this basement doing multiplayer like that that was the last time i played halo was when it was that fair enough i mean yeah i don't know but they've got to have something other than that right they've got to have something other than that ready uh maybe maybe not arguably it's it's maybe not but yeah Uh, like I haven't been following it that closely. Have they even been saying what have they been saying about the game mechanically? Like, have they been like alluding to that? Have they just been like, "Oh, this is gonna be the Haloist Halo that ever haloed," or or have they like actually said something about the innovations coming up? Like, I I don't know. Like, what's been the scoop? I don't know, actually. Although I just Googled Halo Infinite and one of the first articles from one day ago on Screen Rant 
Xbox Insider teases Starfield, Halo Infinite, and more at E3 2021. Reliable Insider hints that some of the games Xbox might be showing off at this year's all-digital E3, including Halo and Starfield. Uh, you know, the cool thing about Reliable Insider is that could either be A, somebody who works around Microsoft, or B, it could also be a person they met at the bus stop. Because, True. um... Uh, yeah. This article is also mentioning Forza Horizon 5. Hey, there you go. Unsurprising, but yep. would, would be yeah. nice to have. Oh, yeah. Uh, Age of Empires 4. Crickets. Yeah, it's been coming for a while. Be great. I those are great games. You do another one, also good. You know, I I, I got no complaints. Also, other possible reveals and showings. This is seems like it's just coming off the top of their heads as things that have previously been talked about once or twice. Stalker Two, The Gunk, and Hellblade Two. Oh right, yeah. Well, I mean, I would love I feel to see like... more Hellblade. I, I, I feel like the, the Hellblade thing has been, like, in the ether for a while, right? Like, that's been like, oh, yeah, we're doing another Hellblade. Another Hellblade is coming. When? I don't know. Shut up. Stop asking questions. <laughs> it can't be that close. You know, they announced that game. I, I feel like they announced it before that other Ninja Theory game came out. The one that was an Overwatch clone. I can't remember its name. Doesn't matter. It wasn't that it was good. An Overwatch. You know? I don't know. Anytime you call something a something clone, it's like it, you have permission to completely check out. Like, hey, listen, obviously you don't really need to be invested in this because it already exists in a superior form elsewhere in the industry. <laughs> Bleeding edge. Wow. You probably had to dig real deep for that. <laughs> I had to scroll substantially down the Ninja Theory Wikipedia page. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Anyway. Come on, blow us away. Let's see it. Phil, get it done, man. Yeah. I like also, how you lead, but hey. You got to give these people something. Also, you know what would be cool about E3 2021 is that Nintendo's going to have a presentation. And it's been like two years since they started talking about Breath of the Wild Please. 2. Please. Now, because it's another game made with the same engine, the possibility, based on the history of the Zelda franchise, is that it's going to be kind of whatever. Like... Or it'll be amazing. Like Majora's Mask is, is the same engine as Ocarina of Time. And that game, you know, like a fine wine, better with time, you know, really appreciate it in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but also, I feel like Twilight Princess and uh, Skyward Sword had basically the same engine. And don't have the same feelings about those two games. One of them's pretty good. One of them is pretty good. One of them is Skyward Sword. <laughs> I can see Breath of the Wild 2 being <clears throat> the exact same landmass, 
but with a link to the past mirror world mechanic. Honest, honestly, it could just be like Breath of the Wild 2. It's just more Breath of the Wild. I would be fine with that. <laughs> this time you're Zelda. Yeah, like I, I'm a simple man. I don't have high expectations for this franchise. You don't have to give me much in order to get me to buy the game and put like 60 hours into it. Like I'm not, I'm a pretty soft sell when it comes to Zelda games. <laughs> yeah. And well, come as long on, as release not... it, because then we can we can redo our Zelda rankings. Yeah, as long as they're not like, oh, we tied this wacky new control scheme mechanism to the to the central core of the game. Everything about it revolves around like waving something or drawing something or dancing, and you're like, as long as you don't do that, then it's a fucking home run. You have to play the game with a single Joy-Con. Mm, like that. How about I? gently carefully extract this from the controller and insert it slowly but completely into your asshole you fucking <laughs> jerks <laughs> really have a way with words james that's deep mm -hmm. it is deep All the it way. will be once i'm done that's right <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think Some that's a pretty say. good note to end on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, everybody, if you're watching, if you're listening, thank you very, very much. We do truly appreciate you sticking around and listening to us talk nonsense for over an hour and a half. Hey, we like doing it. We're glad you're here with us. If you, uh, you want to see the stuff that we're doing outside of this podcast, you can check us out online, talkconnected.com. Talk connected on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. All those places. Check us out. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. We do truly appreciate that as well. And wherever you are, we hope you're hanging in. We hope you're, you're doing well. Remember, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We'll see you right back here next time. Peace, everybody. Bye-bye.